Welcome to Salty Crackers, where two middle-aged women discuss movies, books, things going on in the world, whatever crosses our salty little minds. Please enjoy the show, and listener discretion may be advised. I'm Summer. And I'm Kirsten. And we're Salty Crackers. Oh, yeah. So today we have a guest. It's Kirsten, the other Kirsten. Not this one. My mini-me. <laughs> and we are going to talk about um, college. Kirsten is going to college. And a few of us have gone to college and other of us have faked college. <laughs> <laughs> and some of us have gone to college at a very much older age than most. And then some of us have faked going to college at a very older age than most. <laughs> I recommend doing it Kirsten's way, younger. The mini-me Kirsten's way. (laughs) So, welcome, Kirsten. Hi. Hi. So, college. It's a big decision to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I see you take it so seriously. Yeah, whatever. Um... Kirsten, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, uh, um, I want to be, I want to go to med school. I want to be a doctor. Specifically, not sure. I don't know what specialty I want to go into, but I know I want to go into pediatrics because I really like kids. All right. And the benefit I've seen with the uh, pediatricians is they're not the bad guy, at least for doctor visits, because they make the nurses give shots. And that way yeah. my kids like the doctor, but not the nurses. <laughs> so I know that when you graduated from high school, well, when you were in high school, you were very motivated at that point still. And so you did the classes and the training and everything, and you graduated being a certified phlebotomist and so anybody that doesn't know what an MA is that's a medical assistant and a phlebotomist is the one that likes to have you drop your pants and give you a shot in the butt that is not what a phlebotomist (laughs) that's what your mom would do if she was a phlebotomist here (laughs) Kirsten what does a phlebotomist do um we draw your blood you're a vampire. We're vampires. Sweet. So I would have people drop their pants and I would draw the blood from their pants. <laughs> have you tried that one yet? No, I haven't. Well, maybe I would have them drop their pants and then draw the blood from their veins. Just to make- <laughs> I've seen a lot of butts. I've had people drop their pants so to give them shots as an MA. A lot of old guys' butts. A lot of saggy, hairy butts. Yeah. but (laughs) that reminds me of the hairy butt contest (laughs) have you heard about this one yet kirsten isn't it with neil and aaron yeah so we were still in fernley so uh what i was like 14 or younger and aaron and neil are discussing who has the hairiest butt so your mom is like well i'll judge and they both drop their pants I just started walking away. I had no desire to see my brother's butts. 
So I pass mom or your grandma in the hallway. I'm shaking my head like I'm not looking. And I hear grandma yell, Aaron, Neil, pull up your pants. Neil's is hairier. <laughs> it's like that's more than I needed to know about my brothers. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. All right, back to school. So um, Kirsten wants to be a flub, I mean, a doctor. And she's already a phlebotomist. And what a proud moment to watch your daughter graduate from high school. And she's already got these um, certifications certifications, and everything that are totally in line with what she wants to be when she grows up. Um, and honestly, I don't know how many kids really know so much what they want to be when they're at that point. So Summer, what did you want to do when you were in high school and the end was near and you were thinking, well, I've got to do something with my life. What was your I had no dream. I was so clueless that I had considered the military and I asked dad about it. And he, as always, which I admired about him is he was very, to the point with me, he didn't play games. And he said, I don't think the military is the best thing for you. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> but I was just so clueless. I, nobody in like the, the counselors, anyone ever talked to me about college. The entire time I was in high school, I was never once talked to about college. And so it wasn't even until like halfway through my senior year that I realized I hadn't applied for scholarships. I hadn't applied to colleges and I had no idea what I was going to do. And so it was just like, well, I guess I will move out and work. Yeah. But we went, we were in school when, you know, dinosaurs were still roaming around and we're, well, we're older than dirt. We are, but other classmates had spoken with the counselor. They had ideas of what they were doing. They had already been accepted into college. Huh. And that's when I'm like, wait, you've been accepted, but nobody's even talked to me about it. And I don't know what I'm doing. Hmm. Yeah. I don't remember anybody ever saying anything to me, but maybe it was because of the era that you had to take the initiative. I don't know. Probably. Kirsten, what was it like for you guys when you were in high school? Um, did people approach you? I feel like it was probably a little more talked about, but it really wasn't, I don't know, like my counselor talked to me occasionally about it, but like if I really wanted to know something, I had to go and like actually ask and like look for it. Like by the time I was applying for scholarships, my counselor only helped me with one and it was mainly just telling me I needed to take one class and then I would get it. And then um, just everything else kind of was up to me. So I don't feel like it's changed too much, but definitely more talk to about it. Um, I don't know. I feel like now a lot of people want you to go to college, but I don't feel like they really talk to you about like what it actually means to go to college. Okay. Well, I think it helps that you were probably more driven. Yeah. 
Well, how would they know if we were driven? They never approached us about well, it. No, because she was driven, she actually took the steps and approached the counselor instead of sitting there picking her nose saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, yeah, maybe. Did you approach them first or did they kind of mention college to you guys at any point in time during your classes? Um, they said... No, did they say anything? <laughs> Hold on. Oh, the family um, brain <laughs> I know I know my junior year they had like a college day where they made all the juniors um go and like go to these different booths that had like different colleges there but um that was mainly it that. I know a lot of my uh fellow students left which is why the majority of our graduating class wasn't even uh, actual seniors. They were juniors. Okay. But that's beside the point. Well, but you graduated at a really awkward time, too, because that, you were a class of 2020, right? I was 2021. 2021. Okay. That's right. So in the middle of COVID. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a big, big hindrance to education in general. It was. That was horrible. But it was really bad. I don't think they had booths for us when we were in high school. Um, I honestly don't know because I didn't love school. It was uh, something I was just doing because I had gone to school um, from kindergarten up. And when you hit the high school years, you're like, yes, four more years and I'm done. But uh I, it was kind of like the final countdown. Beep, 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 beep. And <laughs> um, I was just eager to get out. I did have a plan somewhat because I wasn't really that person that was school motivated, but I'd always wanted to be a vet, but that was never part of my plan. At that point, when I was a senior, I had been cutting hair and perming hair since I was 14. And I was, my plan on my senior year, which I was pregnant for, by the way, um, was that I would, during my senior year, become a certifi certified welder. Um, I had already done welding my junior year in high school. <clears throat> And I always have had a part of me that was practical in that I wanted to learn and develop skills in useful ways. They didn't offer auto mechanics in Fernley, so welding was the next step in my mind. Um, and <clears throat> I loved welding. I'm a tactile person, so anything I can touch and do with my hands, I tend to do very well at. Um, which is why I'd make a great prostitute or stripper. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> but, <clears throat> and this is your mother, sweet Kirsten. Oh, I know. She's Oof. talked about it my entire life. <laughs> sweet innocent child, please stay. <laughs> Somewhat. Sweet Maybe innocent. she's so disgusted with me that that's why <laughs> she's going for a real career. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. you know retirement comes at an early age when you're a prostitute 
if you can manage your money. <laughs> Anyways, um, so <laughs> I also wanted to, while I was doing that, um, I'd get my, my plan was that during my senior year, I'd become a certified phlebotomist. And then after high school and I graduated and got that important piece of paper that said diploma, um, I would go to beauty school. Why are you laughing? The way you said diploma reminded me of Dr. Evil. (laughs) (laughs) Did it not sound like Dr. Evil? It did. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. become a cosmetologist stop laughing and I can't do this she's sitting right here she's chuckling she's trying to hold it back um because I had already like well I've already been cutting hair and everything for four years and I love hair I love touching it I love the feel of it I love doing it she just likes running her fingers through guys hair I do and which would also be one of the reasons why I'd be a great prostitute. So, <laughs> but um, so that was my plan. However, I was pregnant my senior year and I struggled to even get through my last year just because it was hard. I was so sick for so long through my pregnancy and I was doing correspondence, correspondence, homeschooling, um, and so I really loved my, my senior year, though it was a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> but when I did get out of high school, I, the only thing I did do was go become a cosmetologist. And quite frankly, when I was done and had been licensed for, I don't know, two years or a year and a half or something, I moved back to Ely. I ran into a girl that I went into school with in Ely because believe it or not, I went to beauty school with a girl from every town we lived in, in Nevada, with the exception of Round Mountain. No, not Round Mountain, Austin. Dang, Austin. I actually did go to a place, uh, a girl from Round Mountain. Wow. Um, But she was like, the girl I ran into in Ely, she was like, you graduated, you finished, you got your license. I never thought you would. So apparently I was as much a loser when I was going to beauty school as I was any other time in my life because I was uh, maybe playing a little too much. You know, it's a beautiful day. Go to the lake. What? Oh, Weird. whoops. Or party too hard the night before. <laughs> maybe not go to school at all that day. But uh, I never knew you wanted to go to the military. That's a shocker. Well, I don't know if I really wanted to, but I just kind of felt like that was my only option because I ended up screwing around too much as well. (laughs) Which I don't let grandma forget, Summer. I mean, Kirsten, whatever your name is. Well, you know what? (laughs) You were almost Kirsten. What? Kirsten? No, I was going to Summer Louise. No, she, she was almost Summer Louise. Summer Louise. Okay. 
but oh, well that would have been really confusing for today <laughs> i know but uh no i i don't remember anybody approaching me and my plan didn't uh, exactly happen the way i wanted to but Kirsten was motivated and then she and her friend went and found this college and she like looked around. How is it working out, Kirsten? Which part? The looking around or the school? The schooling. Obviously the looking around worked because you're in a college. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's good. Uh, I've had some really trash professors these last two semesters. I almost failed biology because I don't know my teacher was dumb <clears throat> and then this semester I got a brand new professor who's this is his second semester he hasn't even been here for a full year and he is my math professor and I'm a math major um, and I know what I'm doing and on my test he said correct answer didn't justify your answer but I showed my work it just wasn't the way he wanted and it really made me mad and I cried a lot about it but other than that it's been pretty good um I think since I came into this semester with oh I don't know like this year was hard for me because my senior year was hard for me I was in a really dark place and like I was obviously super depressed and I just didn't want to be here anymore, but like, I don't know, I, I have to be here. Um, so I came into the beginning of this year with no hope of doing anything but school. Um, I decided I was going to move in with my roommates, not become friends with them, not even talk to them. I would just go to class, come home, do homework. That was about it. Um, but I've really made some really good friends while I've been here. Uh, I was kind of nervous to move in because I'm the only religious one in my dorm. Um, and they are all pretty different from what I grew up with, but they're honestly like some of the best people I've known. But yeah. I love that because you're showing that it doesn't matter how a person is raised, that they can still be a good person. And it hopefully people hear this and people listen and they realize that they don't need to single people out and avoid them. Yeah. Just accept um, people. Yeah. One of my roommates is uh, transgender. They're non-binary non and I, I don't know anything about that. Um, I've met one other transgender uh, gender person in my life and they kind of ruined the image for me that was back in middle school they would like stand on the toilets in the girls bathroom and uh like watch us I guess it just kind of like uh, like tampered my image of these people even though they're just people like me but I was a little skeptical when right. I moved in with them but they are probably like number two on my favorite roommates and um, they have taught me so much. Uh, actually, they were, they grew up members of the church, but they're no longer, obviously. And I just feel like they've really opened my eyes. Sorry, I burped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
really opened my eyes for different things that um, go around in our world, especially like nowadays. Um, obviously, growing up in a small town, you don't see a lot of things and um, you don't know about a lot of different things, but coming here where it's, it's really not that small of a town, but everyone says it is. Um, like it's no they all think it's like itty well, bitty and I'm like I grew up where there was one store I'm like we didn't have a Walmart we didn't have a Smith's like this is huge well that's what happens when you get a bunch of city folk going into a smaller city they don't understand yeah. what a small town is <laughs> yeah um but no I really feel like I've been my eyes have been open to just like different people and like everything. Um, they were skeptical of me. They're like, oh my gosh, like they're going to be super judgmental of me. Like they're a member of the church and like, I know how they are, but in reality, mom. <laughs> yeah, there's that that's too. kind of where I was going with that too. We're sitting here looking at each other chuckling. <laughs> Yeah, only had met your mom. (laughs) But I think that this this part of my life has been really eye opening. Um, I feel like I've been able to come out of my depressive episode a little bit and be able to enjoy this. Um, (laughs) I'm still kind of a like a lame ass because I don't do anything. I still just go to school and like come home, but instead of being in my room, I'm with my roommates. But like, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, I happen to know that's not true. Okay, mm. so I don't know if you know this summer, but Kirsten is quite the little social butterfly, and she invades other people's dorms on her own. Oh door. no! <laughs> she doesn't even knock. She just <laughs> walks in. Another small town issue that we're having, but uh, yeah, she goes and she invades other people's dorms, just walks in and then hangs out with them without being invited. But that's fine because she's like you, yeah, she's like uh, my mini me, like me, <laughs> number two. <laughs> so, um, along with that, recently she has become a frat house sweetheart. which i'm like okay so what does that mean and i'm getting a little afraid for my poor baby girl but kirsten what is a frat house sweetheart so um they actually prefer the word fraternity um but it's fun to say frat anyways oh Um, i'm sorry i forget there's different words fraternity Fraternity. frat is just frat is just a shorter version of fraternity but frat usually has a negative connotation with it that they drink and party a lot which they do um (laughs) but basically I had to go through this I got nominated um the room that I go invade all the time is the boys down the hall and uh (laughs) two of them are in the fraternity and they were like oh my gosh Christian I think you'd be such a great sweetheart like let's put you in the pooling and I was like cool whatever I don't really care that much um and at the beginning it was kind of a joke I was like oh my gosh it'd be so funny if I got nominated and then I got nominated I'm like bro it would be so funny if I like actually got it and then I got it and I was like oh my gosh I didn't think it would go this far um but 
but basically I'm just a pretty face like to sum it up fast like yes, I'm just a pretty are. face <laughs> among these ugly boys um they also think that i will fight them which i will if it comes down to it i will throw hands with them even if they're three times bigger than me i don't really care um but yeah i'm just like another support system that they needed um there's two of us so there's me and this other girl uh she's kind of more like the network um finding places we can do our meetings uh helping with uh philanthropy week which is like so every fraternity and sorority has a i don't like a foundation that they are a part of where they like help raise money for and they are um like mental health but this semester they did um a new one where one of their brothers from a different chapter, so like nationally wise, like a different area, um, I'm assuming must have committed suicide. And so they're raising money to give to their parents who will choose a foundation to give the money to. And I know it was really cool actually to be a part of it. Um, I don't know, like, because I'm a sweetheart and a part of the fraternity, I don't have to pay to like join these events, but I was so willing to pay because like this is going to a great, to a good cause and I'm yeah I'm for that. I'm for that. I love it. But basically I'm just a pretty face. We did our initiation last night, which was super fun. I can't go into details because it's like secretive. But <laughs> um I know. But I, I'd <laughs> like to joke around that they killed a lamb in front of me and made me drink its blood. I thought you said you couldn't go into details. Why I said I like to say that. Oh. (laughs) It was actually the blood of a virgin. Sweet. (laughs) Wait a minute. They didn't come get me. I mean. (laughs) Wait, how can you be a virgin if I'm your daughter? Immaculate conception Uh, times five. They can be (laughs) Put the hymen in place for good times again. <laughs> uh, which is why I say this show is more PG 13. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Kirsten, she's, she's living the life, and um, the, the city she lives in for us is big, but. When you live in small towns, you just have a hard time with the whole concept of uh, how big a place is. So we went to a place last weekend as a family and the kids were like, this city, this city. And I'm like, I don't think this is a city. And so I asked uh, Craig, I'm like, hey, is this considered a city or a large town? He goes, a large town without hesitation because he comes from a huge city. But in my mind, I have a hard time deciding if a place is a large town or a city, like Elko. I think it's a large town, not a city. I think so, yeah. I don't know. I would say. See, and I've always thought it was like a small city, because to me it was huge. Well, see. Yeah, a small city. Reno is a little city. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Reno's a city. Reno is just a city. No, it's a small city. So, 
<laughs> I, I think they live up that or try to build up that smallest the city in the world. City. Yeah, that that's old, but and still, it kept growing. But and when growing. when you look at cities like Boston or New York, L.A., those well, are big cities. Well, those are humongous. No, what I've learned from living in the city with my dad is there's a city and then there's a metropolitan area where it's like three cities in one and so the majority of those big cities is that it's with three big it's like big cities three of them and they're like all together well i know that well that's like what i are you sure 20 cities all yeah i hate it but um no so back to school um summer yeah what do you want to be when you grow up now because you still have a lot of growing up to do. I do have a little bit of growing up to do. Um, I have too much fun with the kids. I said, I am going to school to be a teacher. Right now, I'm just a substitute. But I love being with these kids. I have completely lost my mind. Yes. So just in case anybody's wondering, I may have dropped her on her head a few times as a teenager. <laughs> and apparently... <laughs> there's a little bit of damage that I would consider it a lot of damage because I like kids, but believe me, I don't like kids that much. <laughs> well, see, and this is where it's funny is she likes kids. She has five, but she doesn't like them that much. I love kids yet. I only have three. <laughs> I like my I mean... kids better than I like other people's kids normally. I do remember growing up and my mom telling me, yeah, I never really wanted kids. That's a true story. And I know that uh, three out of the five of us were accidents. Not accidents. Gee, Osafet. Happy the, surprises. The process was on purpose. The pregnancy was unplanned. So an accident. No, it was unplanned. <laughs> There's a difference. Well... But just so you can feel know. better about yourself, Kirsten, you were one of the planned pregnancies. I know. I am. I like to rub it in other people's oh, faces. You are, dang, you are salty, mean little girl. Listen, <laughs> listen. When your older brother likes to, like, tell you that you're unwanted, you gotta, you gotta throw it right back. Yeah. Be like, oh, yeah, well, um, I was planned. You weren't. Well, see, and I get to do that, too. With grandma, she had five kids, right? I know the first one was deliberate. And I know I was deliberate. All the others are questionable. We'd like to say that the first one should have been questionable, too. But we know they were trying for five years to have them. <sighs> but, okay, maybe the egg was half rotten that got fertilized. <laughs> be nice. Be nice. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love her too. I just don't like her at all. So, anyways, I, Summer, I wanted to ask you, <coughs> what do you want to be now when you grow up? Okay. Since I'm, I'm almost dead. No, that's my backup <laughs> plan for when all else fails. Um, now that I'm almost dead and everything, I am trying to go to school. And I say trying because I started the process and then I 
stop because of personal issues. And then I just have having problems getting the funding to go back and finish, but I really want to. Um, I want to get my degree in business administration. So it's, it's actually called applied business management. Um, I got forced into a position of human resources and was that for two and a half to three years. And it was a very special little niche because it was on a reservation. And so tribal law is a lot different than the outside world. Before that job, I actually had had moments where I was having to do HR's job in other um, positions that I have held in my life. Um, so it wasn't completely new. I did not want that position. I dodged it with everything that I had, but they forced it on me. And then I found that I had a natural ability with it. And so when I got the inspiration to go back to college as a 40 some year old person, I was like, okay, so this is what I'm going to go. And I know that my supervisor from the reservation was being um, unbiased in his evaluation of me just because he knew the issues that I had. And he was very honest that when he goes, I've never seen anybody be able to separate their personal feelings from their professional the way that you do. But that is what I have had many years doing, working with dad. So yeah. when we, oh, and you. For so a month. Was it that long? I mean, I think it, it was, a, I think it was a week. No. It was really? More, it was more than a week. Wow. It sucked. And I've been wrong in my evaluation. <laughs> so... <laughs> When um, I worked with my dad, we, soon as we went through the gate, it was no longer a father-daughter relationship. It instantly went to a supervisor and employee relationship. Um, and then Summer came to work there for like a week and a half. It could not possibly have been a month. I'll settle for half a month. Okay, two weeks. We'll, we'll 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 settle at that one. It was so boring. It was mm -hmm. not just totally mind numbing. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I told I her before she came it. out there how horrible it was. But, but I needed a job. She needed a job, and and then I had to fire her, and did not break my heart. Well, you were mad at me. You wouldn't talk no. to me for about two weeks. No, you wouldn't talk to me for about two weeks. I don't believe that. No, you didn't. But I knew you'd get over it because I'm Kirsten. I'm fantastic. But I just went back to bed. So anyway, <laughs> she told me I was fired. I'm like, okay, I'm back. To yeah, bed. <laughs> I went to the house to get dad and summer or whatever. And uh, for work, well, I didn't go there to get summer that day. Um, and I, I said, so summer, how's, is that position with the hospital stope? And she's like, no, it's already been filled. And I'm like, well, you need to find another job. You can't come back. And dad's like, really, Kirsten, aren't you going to give her a chance? And I said, I've given her as much chance as I give anybody else, dad. And when we go through that gate, that's the whole thing. When you go on to the job, whatever relationship you have, whether it be friends, yeah. whether it be a family relationship, that all has to be put aside 100% because you have to treat them 
just the same as you would anybody else. And I only gave my guys a week to be able to get the job. And if they couldn't get it, because it's not like it was a mind blowing, difficult job. It was very simple. It was mind numbing, but it wasn't mind blowing. And I would give them a week. And if they couldn't do it in a week, I had to let them go because, you know, it's a small business. You have only so much for finances and I've got to get stuff done. And I cut that one off really fast. Well, I was also going through a very, very bad depression because I had promised myself I would never move back to Ely. And not only did I move back to Ely, but mom and dad moved me back to Ely. And I had to live with them. And at, what was I, 28? I don't know. That was the biggest insult to my emotional well-being. Mm. And so not only had I moved back to Ely, which I swore I would never do, then I was working for dad because it was like a pity hire. And the job was so boring because I was stuck in heavy equipment all day by myself and it just was like depression and born out of my mind was not a good combination for me yep but i want to become human resources um and all that that entails and also business like an administrative assistant or the business administrator, I I feel like I would do well, but I am still struggling with financial situations. So, so what I think it is, is I need to start my next step with college and then maybe things will work out. Cause it seemed like we were both doing it at the same time. And then we both kind of stopped similar times. Well, I was thinking what you were going to say and what you should say is, so what I should be doing is finding you financial aid because you're old and you don't know how to work this stuff. Okay, we can do that. I'll yeah. hold your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I got to find my own too. Okay, cool. <clears throat> we'll do it. And anyways, <laughs> Kirsten, what year are you in college right now? Um, I am a freshman going into sophomore year. However, um, when I graduated high school, I had <clears throat> some credit, so... Oh, I don't even know. I became a sophomore pretty fast. Um, yeah, I was only like one credit away for being a sophomore. So Good now job. I'm just chilling, trying to get to my sophomore year. Oh, and you're still excited about being a doctor? Yeah. <laughs> Lots of enthusiasm there. Well, I just realized that school is a lot harder. Mm, School itself is not hard. The content of it is actually fairly easy. I feel like it's pretty similar to high school. However, um, mentally, school is hard. Yeah, I can agree with that. Definitely. But you're not just a student. You work, too. Uh, Yeah, I work. It's, it's so hard. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of you, though, because it is hard. And it's a big change when you first leave for school. 
And the fact that you're sticking with it makes me a very proud aunt. Yeah. Um, I was really excited to come to college because my best friend was coming with me. And I was like, yeah, we can do this together. Uh, first semester ends. She's, it's questionable if she's coming back. She comes back. Second semester, we're doing okay. And halfway through the second semester, uh, she goes home. She drops all her classes and goes home. And for me, that was kind of disappointing because um, I feel like everyone is starting to leave, like all the friends I've made, they're either not coming back next year or they're dropping out now. Um, The friend that I brought down with me, she dropped out and left. And I just feel like I'm doing this by myself, which I mean, I am. It is by myself, but I feel very lonely. And um, I just wish that it was easier. And I wish that I didn't feel lonely. Well, Kirsten, honestly, what part of life when something's been easy for you have you truly appreciated? What's the question? (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about again? In life, Um, what... What things that have come easy have you truly appreciated? I guess not very many. I mean, school's always come easy to me. And, like, I'm grateful that it's come easy to me because I've seen how, like, my other sibling doesn't come as easy to. And, like, Paul was kind of – he's kind of struggled with it a little bit. Um, but, like, it comes easy. So, like, why do I need to worry? Yeah. Well, I found that things that come easy are not very appreciated. Um, you know, it's like my kids, weird, um, when they're given a lot and don't have to work for it, they just assume that money grows on trees. It's magically in your account or in your pocket and it's there to just whatever. But when you have to work for something, you A, treat it better and you B, appreciate the um, process of receiving it. And I think that that really blows into every aspect of life like your education um i think people that maybe these people that are dropping out i don't know because i don't know them but this is just the thought that of a possibility maybe things came a lot easier for them and this struggle that is real when you're trying to get a career education and all that kind of stuff that um if it's too much of a struggle if they've never really struggled for something they're not understanding how to deal with that and they're not appreciating the process as much I don't know what do you think Kirsten yeah um right after uh my best friend had left I went to breakfast with a couple of friends and one of them was the boy that she was dating talking to I don't really know and um he was like don't take this wrong. Don't think I'm bashing on her, but I don't understand how someone can just give up like that. Like if I had done that growing up, I would have been beat. I'm like, "Mm, me too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so I think it's just like realizing that, I don't know, like I would feel so bad if I had quit because I feel like I'd be letting you down and letting my dad down because you guys have always had this expectation for me to go to college and you guys have always rooted me on and like I tried so hard in high school so I could get here 
um, and everything. But I'd also feel really bad because um, of the money and time that you guys have put into me to be able to make me come to school, uh, allowing me to be able to, like my dad for high school, allowed me to be able to take those uh, AP classes because they cost money, but they're just cheaper than actual going to school. But it costs money for me to take those classes and uh, take the tests that I I didn't pass. It was really depressing, but um, and then um, also like paying, helping me pay this first year of college, like that that was really appreciated. And if I just quit, I would feel like a piece of trash. Yeah. And I think that's another uh, thing that has to be addressed is I think uh, dealing with our suicide rate in not just this country or the world, but, you know, it's okay to not succeed in the way that maybe you're expecting to. What is never okay is to fail at a test or maybe you know, school or anything, and then just allowing yourself to stay down. Um, that is not okay ever. It's okay to have things not go right or as planned, knock you down on your knees, maybe even like a skid across the dirt on your face with some rocks and road rash and stuff. But staying there or making it worse by suicide is, is never an answer. It's get up dust yourself off, you know, take that time to, to cry or whatever you've got to do, but don't stay there because honestly, what are you going to do? Let it conquer you. And I have a, a saying that I've created because we are Viking descendants. I'm, I'm like, uh, <laughs> coming out of surgery and my recovery, I'm like, yeah, I'll get it the first time because you had to suck or something on this thing and oh, make it go before, up. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so yeah, you have to, before you could go, and I'm like, I bet I get it on the first try because I was totally high on uh, pain <laughs> meds. <laughs> I'm like, I totally, I bet you I get it on the first try. I come from Vikings. Nothing conquers us. We conquer it. <laughs> and I, on the first try, and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you got that the first time. And I'm like, I told you, I come from Vikings. Nothing conquers us. We conquer it. But it doesn't matter like what your um, ancestry is and yeah, your heritage. It's, you know, your people didn't make it through time by giving up and becoming defeated. Everybody gets defeated here and there. But are you personally going to just bow down and let the world kick you and you know, knock you aside, or are you going to stand up and throw a few more punches? That's really what matters. And, you know, I, I know that schooling is hard. It is. And the older you get, the harder it gets. Oh yeah. Holy cow. So, you know, you're out of, you're out of practice. Your, your time is consumed. You've got families, you've got jobs and, and these things are not optional. You know, when you have kids, there's not much you can do. You can't put them in a storage unit while you're getting your education tempting but you can't do it right but <clears throat> so you just you make it go so it is harder when you're older and you have a family and you have to work and stuff like that instead of doing it straight from high school 
you're still in the mode of studying. And... There's also, there is more responsibility once you get out of school, but it's so much less than once you're a full-blown adult supporting your family. Oh, yeah. I looked into fulfilling that dream, which I've always had. It's never gone away of becoming a certified welder. And if people listening don't understand that, the way I've explained it to my kids is to get a trade, at least one trade. And I've encouraged them all to do serve, become certified welders. And it's not, and I explain this to them, do I not, Kirsten, that it is not me living vicariously through them. It is merely a trade and I look at that as a wild card that you can stick in your belt and pull anytime you need to. You can play that wild card as much as possible. And if you guys don't understand what I'm talking about, pretend you're playing poker and you've snuck an ace into your pocket or something. Now you can play that as long as people aren't. Getting... <laughs> it's a little easier than that. Um, you know, my cosmetology license is something I've put aside and, and then continued to play throughout the years. But you know, certified welding, welders will probably always be somebody that can find a job. Um, you get paid decently. It's just something fantastic to have a trade. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's driving a semi truck, whether it's, you know, welding, whether it's electric electrician or something, you know, a trade, the schooling is faster and cheaper but it is a trade that you can have this wild card that you stick in your belt and you can pull. That way, if you get your career, say as a doctor, Kirsten, or as a teacher, Summer, and times are tough or you, you move and you can't find a job, you can pull a wild card and play that one. And it's better than maybe working at some... Um, Strip joint? Well, no, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> but maybe better than a strip joint. Especially since those aren't always legal in other places. But um, <laughs> yeah, maybe you get old enough that your body's kind of saggy and you're not hired. <laughs> maybe you go to the senior center and now you're a hot commodity again. <laughs> but, you know, it's being able to take care of yourself and your own. But don't get discouraged and don't out yourself because things were hard. And I think that's what I'm trying to tell the youth and anybody else. Don't let life kick you down so hard that you're just going to stay there. Because I am not somebody just blowing smoke up your butts, people. I have been knocked down. I have been knocked down so hard multiple times. And here I am standing on my feet again. And it's not like, oh, Kirsten did everything right. And all oh, times are just so tough for her. No, I kind of like walked into these things being an idiot and thinking somehow that the results were going to be different when the choices were fairly similar, but I'm still trying and I'm striving for better things. So, well, <clears throat> that made me think, and it's something I think is important for you, Kirsten and my sister, Kirsten is, do you remember that picture I posted of my weeping willow? Yes. So I bought a weeping willow on clearance because who has a lot of money to pay a whole lot of money for a tree? So I got this cheap little willow and it was like half dead and 
planted it hoping that it would grow because they they trimmed it in a way that it was supposed to be able to continue growing. You know, like that was what was suggested by an expert. And it did okay the first year. And then the next year, it almost died completely. But I let it go. I just kept letting it grow. And right now it's this big, huge tree. My initial dream for the tree would be to one of those one huge, magnificent, just standard, gorgeous, big, fat trunk weeping willow. Well, that's not what it's going to be. It's the, the main trunk pretty much died off except for like the first four inches from the ground. And now I can see its beauty as a tree that is going to be a fantastic climbing tree for children. It's not quite big enough. I mean, my kids can kind of get on it, but I, I have to remind them don't try too hard because they'll break the branches. So regardless of what my initial dream for that tree was, it's actually growing into something much better for the future. And I think that we're all kind of like that. We may have an initial goal, but it's okay if you feel your life really does need to change in a different direction, it's okay. It might take longer to get to that goal, but perhaps that final destination is really what it was meant to be for you. Yep. And that goes along with suicide, which just breaks my heart. I don't want anyone to lose a loved one. Um, so you look at it that way, but I look at it like I personally know <clears throat> what it is like to hurt so bad that you actually contemplate or attempt to take your own life. And I don't want anybody to ever have to hurt that way. Um, know that there are people out there that understand the amount of pain that that takes. And everybody is different. You know, it's like a pain tolerance for uh, childbirth, a, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, whether it's a infection or a, or a illness or a broken bone or something everybody's pain tolerance is different well that's the same thing when it comes to emotional pain and nobody has the right to tell you you know you shouldn't feel this way you have the right to feel however you want but you know don't let that defeat you and reach out because there are people that understand now your individual situation they may not completely understand but they will understand the amount of pain it takes to go there and I just I get so sad when I think about these kids who are ending their lives because, you know, things aren't going the way they want. And I know that that's a big thing in colleges. You yeah. know, they get so discouraged or their family expectations are so much. Way too much pressure from parents. Right. You know, let your kid fail. It's okay. It doesn't mean it's over. It just it's means they tripped and stumbled and fell on their knees and pick themselves up and go yeah. again. And if you're the parent that I am, you'll be like, okay, so get up. You're fine. You know, it's, rub some dirt in it. Yeah. Spit here. Mom spit fixes everything. Let me spit in it for you. I rub it around. <laughs> yeah. But how are your roommates doing with school, Kirsten? Um, <clears throat> one of my roommates, uh, she's a nursing ma uh, pre-nursing major and I think it's getting a little hard for her 
because she, I don't know, like her parents, um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Like she has really good parents. She has a great relationship with them. Has never been hit either. Like spanked even. Like their parent, her parents have never like raised their voices at her, but. Like, they were able to discipline her in a way that was, like, not that way. And um, she feels like she's just struggling and having a really hard time. Um, But her parents just don't understand. Like, they understand and they've been through all of that. But they are just like, well, you'll do better this time or like you can do this different. And she's like, I just want you to understand that this was hard and just be with me right here, not what I could do better. So I think that's hard for her, but yeah, but realizing school is very hard. Right. I think all of us are. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so glad that you have a good group of roommates and friends that you all can support each other. Yeah. And when you have a good support group, I think that does miracles. Yeah, like uh, the other day, I walked my roommate to the testing center so she could take her test. And before she went in, I told her, no matter how you do on this test, it, the, the score does not define your worth. Because I feel like recently, that's kind of how she sees it. She gets a bad score and she goes, oh, I'm just, I'm this, I'm a failure. I can pass this test and that's it. And I'm like, whatever happens, that is not you. You are more than that. This is a test. Sometimes tests are hard. You know what? You are amazing. I think you are just so much wiser beyond your years. I am so proud of you for that because that's, it it takes people or at least some people many, many, many years or sometimes a lifetime to realize that. So I'm glad your friends have you. I feel like it's easier to say to them than for me to believe myself. It is. It really is. But if you're that supportive to your friends, I would like to believe that your friends are that supportive to you. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's all it takes is a team to build each other up, whether you can do it for yourself or not. If you have that team backing you up, you guys are going to succeed. I suck beyond belief <laughs> no. at tests. <laughs> and, and I know that it's not my fault. Um, I was diagnosed with ADD the middle of my junior year in high school, as if that helped at any point. Um, I am an intelligent person. Book learning is not my forte. I am not a strong one at it, unless it's something I am like so interested in. Then it's a lot easier. But what I found is no matter how much I study or uh, am prepared for a test, I have gone into tests because I've gone to school. I've gone to college a few times, like um, when Paul was little, you know, I've been doing this for over 20 years now. And I just, um, what I found is that I am not a good test taker. And it doesn't mean that I'm not smart. And it doesn't mean that I 
don't study or know my material for the class, what it means is that uh, I just am not a good test taker. And I have gone in and looked at a test and been like, oh my goodness, I don't know. I don't know. And I'll sit there and just cry literally in every real way sit there and cry during the middle of the test because I don't know what they're asking. And you think to yourself, well, that's kind of stupid, Kirsten. Like, how can you not know what they're asking? The question's right there. Inflection is everything. You can say something, ask a question or whatever, and the inflection is what the real question is. So if I were to have somebody not give me the answers, but sit there and read the question to me, I would understand the question a lot better. But I honestly don't know what they're asking half the time because I'm reading it and I'm like, so what are they asking? Are they asking this or are they asking that? Because it can mean two different things. I know every word in the question. I understand. I get definition of every word in the question, but I don't know what they're saying. So what I found having a learning disability is that um, I will sit there in a classroom. I will read out loud to myself because I actually know that I retain it better if I hear it with my own ears. So even if I'm reading it to myself, and so I'm like, the US military studied the Frisbee to see. And so I'm reading it to myself at a low tone or I'm, you know, whatever, I can do a little better, but it's not fantastic. And then, you know, maybe you're drawing a blank with every question because you're just like, uh, if they have multiple answers, I do even better. It is very hard. So I do struggle with, with school. Um, it makes it very frustrating. I get very discouraged very easily. But having a support group helps. And I know that my mother was like, oh, so uh, this explains why when I helped you study for that English test or that history test in high school, why it was so frustrating because we went over it over and over and over again and you just couldn't remember. Yeah, it's it's a learning disability. I have a feeling that I not only have ADD, but maybe a slight, because there's different variations of dyslexia. And I saw a Bill Cosby episode one time where Theodore was like, he knew this material inside and out. His dad was like asking him questions. He knew the answers. He came home, he failed the test. And he's like, how is this? You knew all the answers. And Theodore's like, so were they asking this or were they asking this? Because his father was reading the question. He goes, yeah, exactly. Are they asking this or are they asking that? And I'm like, huh, that sounds exactly like me. <clears throat> and then they found out through testing that Theodore had a certain type of dyslexia. And I'm like, what do you know? Maybe that's my problem. So I don't know. I've never taken the time to get tested. But all I know is that having dealt with this stuff, I was like better able to encourage and assist my children. So, cause I understand. I love that. But yeah, it's good to know. I don't know. I think, I think an education is important and I'm glad to see Kirsten that you are taking the initiative so young in life to go forward with it. Becoming a doctor is a noble career. There are lots of noble careers out there. You don't have to be a doctor to be important in our world. It takes everybody in all aspects of life to make our world and our society move forward and go round. Yeah. 
So everybody that's listening, you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a lawyer. All those. Well, you don't have to have a college degree. No, you don't. A trade is amazing to have. But even that, if you are a um, positive contributor to society. Yes. And, and that goes for working in places that people don't feel are honorable. You know, the fast food place, uh, Walmart, whatever you want to say. These people matter and your, your help in making our society and our world go round helps. Um, and don't ever think badly of yourself. At least you're contributing. And that's really what matters. And as long as you are doing what you can, you know, always strive to maybe do better, but you are doing great. Everybody out there, we're doing good. Yeah. All right. So, all right, everybody. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us. We had fun listening to you and I loved your input about college. So thank you. Thank you. Of course. Well, we are salty and we're sassy too. (laughs) And we're signing out. You guys have a great day. Bye.